Opinions expressed on ACB Radio are those of the respective program contributors and cannot be assumed to serve as endorsements of products or views of the American Council of the Blind, its elected officials, or its staff. Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome. This panel is called So You Want to Be an Entrepreneur. It's 4 o'clock Eastern, 1 o'clock p.m. Pacific, and just after lunch in Hawaii. So I hope everybody can settle in. We have a very uh, interesting and provocative discussion ready for you today. I'm Linda Porrell. Um, I am the co-chair of ACB Women, along with Laurie Scharf. And for this convention, we teamed up with Ivy to uh, present this presentation on women in business and how they got started. So um, without further ado, I'm going to start by giving the opening CEU code, which is 71735. And I'm going to request that someone nudge me near the end so that we be sure to give the closing one as we go out at the end. So here we go. We have three panelists today, but first I'm going to tell you a little about myself. Um, I did try to start a business a couple of times in my career, and both times it, I figured out that I was happier having someone else signing my paycheck and just doing the work. So, um, but here you will hear three presenters who have considerably more experience with getting a business going and keeping it running. So I'll introduce the panel quickly. Um, short introduction, and then begin with a series of questions that we've agreed upon. So um, let's see, let's do it um, alphabetically. Uh, Artis Bazin, whom many of you know, um, she is currently the president of Ivy. Is that right, Artis? Yes. Yeah, great. And you have a business wonderfully called Basin Communications, which is a uh, consulting and inspirational speaking business. Next, we have um, an, an artist lives in um, Southern California. Um, our next presenter will be uh, Norma Bogey and Norma lives in Des Moines, Iowa. And you have a, a tech business called Life Tech. That's so? Yes. Norma, great. And finally, but not, uh, we also have um, representing the women's uh, ACB Women's Committee along with me, we have um, Leslie Spoon. And Leslie lives in Orlando, Florida. And for a number of years, Leslie ran her own uh, gym and will tell us all about that experience as we go along. So the first question, and I'd like uh, some response from each of you on this. Um, I want to know uh, what were some of the desires and expectations that motivated you to begin okay. to create your business? <laughs> yeah, sorry. Sure. No, <laughs> no problem. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, when I before I started this business, I was in the Randolph Shepherd program, so I was an entrepreneur before I started it. The difference was there you had to, you basically had a contract with your state to run the facility you were in. And I had um, seven different uh, facilities in South Dakota and Iowa. One of the motivations for starting this business was the fact that I had been doing inspirational speaking for about 15 years. And I'd been doing a lot of training of other people to get into business enterprise program, teaching them management skills and what they need to do to manage their own business. Well, I decided I liked that aspect better and the actual management of a business better than the, um, you know, like the day-to-day -day stuff in food service, you know, the hiring, firing, which is constant in food service and the fixing vending machines, cleaning vending machines and all of that stuff. Once my husband, um, had his strokes, he was unable to do that with me. And that was his forte, not mine. So I really decided to start this business and went back to college, got my master's, and then jumped into this business. Okay. Uh, Norma. 
what, what motivated you and what expectations did you have as you were getting ready to start your tech business? Thank you, Linda. In 2019, I hadn't worked for several years. Um, about 15 years ago, I acquired a disability in addition to blindness, which only permits me to work on a part-time basis. So um, I had been looking for a conventional job and was getting kind of frustrated with that when in mid-2019, the uh, in-house store at the Iowa Department for the Blind closed. And this store had served Iowans who are blind or low vision by selling everything from canes and braille and talking watches and all kinds of uh, products for independent living. So I felt right away that that was going to be a real hardship for some people here in Iowa. Um, not everyone chooses to use the internet or has the internet to use. Uh, Iowa has a, a fairly considerable senior population, and we know that the incidence of um, uh, blindness after, uh, as one reaches a lower or a advanced age, is increased. So um, I always thought to myself, if I was ever going to start a business or run my own business, it had to be something that I knew and something I believed in and something I, that would help people. And so I decided to found Life Tech Iowa. That's the name of my business. And I uh, sell products for people who are blind or low vision, um, mostly uh, the lower tech kind of things. But um, it's a service that I'm providing and I'm getting to know people. And I think I'm having a real impact on making people's lives better. Thank you. Leslie. Hi, Linda. How are you? Hey. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, Starting my business is a little bit more different. I, I taught at many gyms here in Orlando, Florida, the bigger gyms, the golds and lifestyles and LA fitness. So um, I have RP, with it, which is retinitis pigmentosa. So it was, it was deteriorating um, at the end. And I wanted to start my own gym because of the lack of uh, discrimination against my vision deteriorating. So... I decided to open my own gym and uh, it also was great because I didn't have to have paratransit anymore. We opened it in our own shopping center and our shopping center close to our house. And so I could walk there, which was really awesome. And I didn't have to take paratransit anymore and rely on that. And um, also just gave me my own work environment where I can control my own work environment and not have to take cabs to meetings or special events or when somebody called me to teach another class. So it really opened my eyes for my own work, work environment. Mm, that's great. Um, so what, for each of you, what are the, some of the challenges you faced, particularly at the beginning and perhaps more recently as well? Some of the things that uh, you had to overcome. Well, I, had found my biggest problem at the initially was the fact that I decided to move uh, right after I started this business. Uh, it would have been smarter if I would have just stayed in Iowa for a while where I had a network because moving to Southern California and knowing relatively few people, it took me a while to get established for people to trust me and know I could do what I was doing. And that uh, really was hard. The other thing is I had hoped I would be able to get a job when I got here and then start it on the side, but I was unable to do it um, as quickly as I could get my business moving. Um, of course, recently with COVID, since I was tended to travel at least a couple of times a month and did a lot of exhibiting and did a lot of different things like that. It was a big change when we had to just stay home. I had to switch my coaching to do it over the phone or on Zoom. And I had to basically work with clients just through the internet email on the phone. So it, that was a big, a big change. And it took me a while to make that change. I had to get a webcam and all of that kind of thing. Mm. Norma? Um. I guess one of the biggest challenges I recall, and I'm still battling it at times, is 
um, that when I started this business, I assumed I knew what I was doing. Um, and um, I had to learn quickly that I didn't always know what I should be doing. And I learned from my mistakes, but it cost me time and they cost me money. And um, in the beginning, because I thought I knew what I was doing, I was reluctant to ask for help. And that was another mistake. Mm -hmm. um, it, um, it, 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 it made things harder for me than, than they should have been really. Um, and besides those things, just setting priorities. Um, it seems like there's just a million things to do at the beginning. Um, keeping focused and um, just uh, balancing my work life with my life life, I guess, <laughs> work-life balance. Um, taking care of myself so that um, I can stay healthy and be available for people. Um, I guess those were the biggest things and learning QuickBooks, still efforting that. Mm. It sounds like you're uh, moving on to our next question, which is kind of wraps around anyway to what we're discussing, kind of things that you wish you had known at the beginning. Mm -hmm. And I want to spend a little time uh, drawing it out with you and then the other um, artists and uh, Leslie as well, the asking for help part, that seems to be a huge deal for us as, as blind people. And it seems to have come up several times during the convention. And do you want to say a little more about that and how you kind of resolved that for yourself and started asking for help? Well, it's um, asking for help is a, a theme that runs through all sections of my life. Um, I guess I wanted to, from the get-go, seem that I was um, in charge and I knew what I was doing and that I had the skills to do this. And so people would have confidence in me and would support me. Um, so as I alluded to, I, I made decisions that um, were, were unnecessary if I had if I would have asked somebody for help I wouldn't have made those mistakes and I wouldn't have um, uh, spent money that I didn't have and mm. um, I just I would have been on a lot firmer footing um, if I would have you know been able to if I would have reached out and perhaps gotten a mentor would have been the ideal situation for me um, but it it came into to the well, I recognize when I got in a little too deep, I was like, okay, I have to, I have to ask for help. I just have to swallow my pride and ask for help if I want to make this a success or else it's just going to crash and burn right now before it gets off the ground. So um, it's still difficult for me to ask, but I am, I am getting much better. Okay. So, so it sounds like you did make that transition and, and reach out to someone. And, you know, maybe we should change the language even a little bit while we're talking about um, why call it help? Let's call it support, because that's really what it's uh, what it's about is getting support from somebody who's a little farther down the road than we are um, uh, to help us make fewer errors and move forward more quickly. So, Leslie, any thoughts about any of this, too? Um, well, my challenges were um, when we first opened the gym, it was we had to go to Tallahassee. We didn't know many of these things. Um, you had to have a license through the Department of Agricultural. So Dan and I had to actually go to Tallahassee and get the license. Um, with a fitness center, it has to go through the Department of Agricultural. So that was a learning experience for us. Um, and then also was getting all of the legal documents. We had to get a Chapter S corporation formed and occupational. So we learned a lot of stuff that we did not know about. Um, and picking the colors for the gym, you know, um, you know, Dan, Dan helped me a lot because it, you know, it was, it was our entrepreneurs entrepreneurism a little bit together because this was my dream and, you know, it was great to do it. So picking the colors was very interesting. And uh, because we had, you know, you have to paint the walls and you have to pick out the equipment and what kind of a treadmills are you going to get? Are you going to get the, the bells and whistle treadmills? Because, Honestly, I only had two visually impaired and blind, blind and visually impaired uh, students that came to my facility. Everybody was sighted. 
So, um, it, you know, so picking out the bells and whistles, the ellipticals, the bikes, you know, you wanted the, the elite equipment, you know, you want the best of the best because you want people to come and say, oh, I love that equipment, you know? So that was pretty exciting. And picking out the floor, Linda, I looked at, I think at least 20 different kinds of floors, uh, you know, which floor would have the best impact on your knees, your ankle. Mm amazing about floors. I think I learned the most about floor, flooring for working out, <laughs> which was pretty cool, you know, and we got, we got a really nice floor. It was padded and, you know, so less um, wear and tear on your knees and your ankles. And so I think all of that was very interesting. The one thing I will say that I did not, um, I knew the business, I knew how to teach and train, I didn't know how to market very well. So that was one thing that was really, you know, I needed the support on the marketing. So um, I got that eventually, but that I'd say for me, the support and learning was about marketing. So mm. I think one of the um, issues, the things that I wished I would have done better initially was the marketing and was the networking. I mean, after I was in Burbank um, for a couple of years, then I did join the Chamber of Commerce and I joined Business Network International, the Burbank chapter. And that really helped me because then I met other entrepreneurs and I could give them referrals. And by my giving them referrals, then they were willing to give me referrals. And that really helped me value um, how important it is to get out there and about and network with people. Because I and think Martin, when people yeah. saw me, when they saw me out there and about walking in and walking up to people and talking to people, oh, wow, yeah, she, she could do it. Whereas mm -hmm. before that, you know, a lot of times people think blind people, well, how are they going to be able to be a good uh, person to go to for business consulting or having them come and speak? You know, why would I have them come and speak? How would they get to the location? How would they be able to find the venue, et cetera, all those kind of questions go away when you're actively participating in networking. And artists, I think I got that also with the teaching and the training. How are you going to teach a, teach a class? You're, you're blind, or visually, you know, low vision. And when you go and teach it, then they're like, wow, you know, it's, it's, <laughs> their eyes. it's like, oh, you really can't do it. <laughs> you know, that's right. That's right. Yeah. So marketing, I say anything, marketing is the Number one thing, you know, it, it, marketing really helps you in selling yourself. So, okay. So, a, a little um, aside here with marketing is a huge deal of getting a business off the ground and keeping it going. I'm wondering um, what each of you try to um, uh, put forward as your personal qualities. So what's coming out is that you demonstrate how competent you are at doing what it is that you're quote unquote selling in your business. But what, um, how do you get up and go to a meeting and put on a smile and walk up to people? I mean, what, what motivates you in the morning to, um, to, to get, do that outreach that's so necessary to get, to keep, get and keep the business going? Well, with networking, a lot of it is just making and building relationships. So you're meeting new people all the time, but it isn't, you don't sell to people after one meeting with a person. And that's why I thought being part of um, Burbank Business Network International was so good for me because they had weekly meetings. So people see you on a weekly basis. You're able to give a minute commercial each week and you can talk to people before and after the meeting. And so they really get to know you. And that's where you get the referrals. You don't get referrals by a one-time marketing thing. I mean, I have a website, which I think has lots of great stuff on it. And people have told me they really like my website. But I think you have to first make that them aware that you have a website. You have to hand out business cards to people with your website on it. You have to... Um, I've gotten most of my business through word of mouth or volunteering. Even I volunteered for a couple of organizations mm -hmm. for years and then they opted to uh, use me as a contractor. So I think there's lots of ways to market, but uh, advertising, the only advertising that's ever worked for me is like advertising at, you know, our state conventions um, that, you know, I've gotten some business from that, but normally advertising 
um, promotions don't pretty much work for me for the sighted population. So I don't know where the rest of you feel like. <laughs> well, I think mine is, is easier because I am primarily marketing to uh, blind and low vision. Now I deal with a fair number of family members who are looking for products for uh, mom, dad, grandma, whoever. Um, the way I started with my marketing was just telling my uh, local affiliate chapter here, state affiliate chapter, that I was doing this. And I was invited to um, come and talk to uh, some support groups and then COVID hit. So then I started talking to some support groups and different um, state conventions of the consumer organizations via Zoom and got the word of got the word out about Life Tech Iowa that way. Um, it's been a lot of um, uh, word of mouth. Uh, the blindness community here in Iowa is pretty well connected. So I also get calls from someone that says, "Well, so and so." I know her and she said to call you, um, which I, which makes my heart feel nice. I feel good about that, that the word is getting around. Um, so I haven't done a, a lot of official marketing yet. Um, feel like I'm still kind of getting my, my feet wet and, and learning, but um, I'm pleased with the connections I'm making so far. And I'd have to say marketing, Linda, for mine, I um, actually did go into a booklet called The Best of Orlando here. And I had uh, one of my clients that was a really good friend of mine and she, we took a, we hired a photographer and took a picture of her, picture of me personal training her and put it into the book. And then we put it at the grocery stores on the back years ago on the back of the grocery store receipt, you could advertise um, a business. So we paid to be on the back of the receipt with her picture and me training her. So I, was, I marketed in that and that, that picked up the business that, which was really good. Um, like Artisan Norma had said, um, word of mouth is wonderful, um, you know, so that was, that's really good. And clients I had in the past, I would call them up because, you know, clients usually drop off. Personal training is not something that you keep going and going. It kind of comes and goes as life journey happens, as your work-life balance happens. You, uh, like, did you get a new year's for us? Yeah, you get a new year's resolution and you come back yeah. in. So I would call a lot of my old clients and they would be ready to come back. So mm. word of mouth with my profession. So personal training. Mm. Yeah. And, and do you each have ways, um, I'm assuming you each have ways of like um, recognizing and thanking people who actually do refer folks to you or whatever you, you probably have. So particular sources that have given you more than one referral and, and, uh, and it's probably useful to recognize some of those over time. I give discounts to people in my Burbank chapter of Business Network International. I give 25% off of their um, um, coaching fees when they do coaching with me. And I do discounts on uh, my business consulting to them. And I also give discounts to Ivy members if um, they wish to use my services. So in some venues and uh, as part of the American Business Women's Association, I was giving discounts to my chapter there too. Um, so, so to some groups, I do that just because, you know, I built relationships with them. And so I want to show them I appreciate that. Right. I have I've not done it to people who got me new clients per se, uh, because most of the time the people that approach me are approaching me as a wannabe client, not uh, from you know a particular person. Hmm. What I've done in this area is um, kind of not having a whole lot of, of budget for such things. Um, I just I I thank people. I'll call them and thank them. Um, at the end of 2020, I sat down and crafted a, a very genuine email thanking everyone on my contact list for their support and whether or not they purchased anything um, for continuing to refer people and just uh, supporting me as I started this next part of my life, my career. Um, so I, I hope it helped. <laughs> I think it did. I think sure. people appreciated it. And I, I've done, uh, like artists and Norma said, I've done um, 
free giveaways. I've given a, a one hour personal training, uh, you know, to people or, or if they want a class, a free class, I've given a class. I've actually also bought um, equipment for my clients that are like, we're moving out of town and leaving me. I bought stability balls for them, resistance bands, weights. So I have actually bought them equipment as a thank you. Um, hmm. I haven't like, I haven't done anything for new clients because that hasn't happened, but you know, there's incentives that I could do gift cards. Um, there's always you can think of and like e- emails are wonderful and always thanking people. So Christmas cards too, to uh, um, the network. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Those are great. Yeah. And birthdays. We do a lot of birthdays. We celebrate birthdays because everybody <laughs> likes to eat. <laughs> Indeed. Then they got to work out. come work out and then have your birthday cupcake (laughs) (laughs) Leslie isn't that sort of uh, creating your own clientele yeah that's why I do it job security so what is um, the current status of your business Um, are you still working on this particular business or have you moved on? I know that, that Leslie has changed. Has, you don't have the facility anymore, although you're still doing some of the work and artists and Norma, you are still pretty active in your, in your businesses. So can you talk about that a little? Do you want me to start or Go sure. ahead. since I'm not going in there working still? <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, so I had, I have moved on my fitness center. It was called Get Fit, um, G I T F I T. So um, that's what we named it. And I had it for five years, from 2004 to 2009. And so then we we ended up closing. And now, um, you know, I I had wonderful years there. And all of my clients that were there, most of them came to my house. We moved the equipment to my house for many years. Um, I still have treadmills and ellipticals and the equipment, some of the equipment at my house and they came to my house. So I had about 20 ladies coming to my house even after we closed. Um, Over the years, like everything happens, things fall off, life, work, life balance, people move. And so now I have about 10 ladies and we go to the pool now because they're all seniors. They're all in their seventies and eighties and they love the pool. So that's what I do with them. And I do community calls on ACB community now. So I've, I've, um, kind of moved into that role, which is wonderful. And I can give back my talent to the ACB community now. And I do classes every day, um, either at 3.30 or 4 o'clock. I do yoga and resistance and happy hour cardio. So it's exciting for me. So I can give back now to uh, to the community. Mm-hmm. That's wonderful. Did you, when you closed up your business, were there any entanglements uh, money-wise or tax-wise or whatever that the pitfalls that someone might... Um, come across if they if they need to close up shop for a particular reason there was not for us um our lease was up we did a five-year lease and we were we could have done another five-year um at the time the uh economy was not real good and uh it we talked about it and i you know we just said it's time it's time to move into the next chapter so Mm -hmm. we're at the time that's good well, I'm still active. The biggest difference is I choose more carefully. Um, if someone asks me to do something that I really am not as comfortable doing, then I'm much more willing to say that they should uh, see someone else or ask more questions about exactly what it is they want. Because initially, I was just taking everyone, no matter what they wanted, I would just work it out and work it out with them. But there were some situations where I didn't feel as comfortable working with them. And now I know that it's, you know, not good just to take anybody because you're not giving as good of a service to them if you're not feeling as comfortable doing that particular service. So that's one thing I've kind of changed in how I do business. I've also added services through the years. I started with just doing the speaking and training And then I added the writing and the coaching to it because I found out that a lot of what I was doing for clients was helping them write presentations or helping coaching them through getting their business started versus just doing the consulting. 
And so that's why I've just added some services. Plus I also sell a few products. I thought that that's sometimes an additional a thing that has helped, you know, some people. And so I've kind of just changed my business through the years mm-hmm. and worked through the things that worked and then dropped the things that didn't work. <laughs> right. So you've had more of a specialty. I mean, I know, for instance, that you do like consulting on advocacy issues, like for voting companies or what have you, that that's one of the things that you have done that right. I have found interesting. That Accessibility, because one thing that's real important to me is accessibility. Mm. So I have always advocated people to have accessible websites. And when I'm working with any client, I always ask them if they're willing to have me check out their site and give them some advice about changes they could make, not only on the marketing end, but improving their wording, but also to make sure they know that certain links aren't working or that they don't really tell what they're doing on specific links. Because sometimes people just aren't aware that of it. They're, it's not that they're trying not to be accessible. They just need to have you know, someone pointed out. And so I, I really do like the accessibility arena. I'm not a specialist, but I know what works for me and I can let them know that. Exactly. That's great. Um, Norma, I'm going to ask you in particular, do you consider yourself full-time in your business or are you doing that along with family or whatever else? You um, I, uh, I can only work part-time because of my health. Um, mm. and, um, it's, it's difficult because, um, I have to always try to stay healthy and, and, um, so I can continue with the business. Um, it's, there's so much more I wanted to be doing so much quicker with Life Tech Iowa, but uh, right now I feel good about where I'm at, um, and, um, and keeping, maintaining the, the business for my customers and, and um, serving them. My priority is, is uh, helping people and giving them good customer service and building relationships if possible. Um, I, I'm not a business person. I'm a person who owns a business and there is a distinction. So hmm. I'm happy with what I'm doing. Hmm. That's great. Um, I'm gonna throw another question in here that, that uh, I didn't say to you initially. Did any of you have any employees in the business then. Linda, it's Leslie. Yeah. Yes, I, I had, um, in the very beginning, I had 20, 20 to 25 employees. Wow. Plus myself. Um, the reason being is I, we had classes throughout the day and I honestly couldn't teach all those classes. <laughs> so um, we had kickboxing, we had cycling, we had step, we had uh, high impact, low impact. And I also wanted to to devote to training. So I mainly did the training. I didn't hire any personal trainers. I hired um, fitness instructors. So there's a difference. Um, so I did all the training and they did, they did most of the teaching and I taught one or two classes when they couldn't come. But I did have in the very beginning, 2025 20, employees. And it was very hard to keep up with all those employees. <laughs> someone would come, some would not come. Um, and, and that was the most challenging part for me uh, was learning the employees and and they, uh, you know, how to deal with them and when they would come and they'd call and not come and I'd have to jump in and teach their class, so. Um, this is artists. One, one of the things that I wanted to transition into this business was so that I wouldn't need um, as many employees. When I was in food service, I had as many as 13 employees and it was, you know, a lot of problems, you know, hiring and firing and all of the, you know, problems you do have with employees. So when I started this business, the advantage I have is I use people, um, but on a contract basis. So I have a reader driver. I have two reader drivers because one can't always be available when I need them because sometimes I find out I need someone the next day or in two days. And it's easier to have two because then you uh, can offer it to whatever one is available. I also have services you know like I have a computer tech guy I call upon for those situations I have um, 
people I work with in different areas. You know, like if I need to have a website design, for example, I use a couple of different website designers. So I use those kind of services versus having an employee that could do those things. I think it hmm. gives me more versatility in what I can offer. And, you know, when I need it, I can get it. <laughs> and I've also found it real quickly. Again, I also found it hard to fire them. It was hard to fire people. <laughs> I didn't like that. So at the end, we didn't have as many employees. It was mainly just me teaching at the end. <laughs> I think that might be particularly hard for women to do. Um, Norma, do you have any employees or like consultants like artists uses that, that back um, you up? Well, with the budget I have, um, I have no employees yet or paid consultants. However, I must mention the help that my husband, Eldon, uh, gives me, especially when it, in terms of driving. Um, it's um, when you're running on kind of a shoestring budget at times, it, it helps. And he, um, one good thing about COVID is that he has been working here from his home office since uh, well, well over a year. Um, and uh, meeting in what we call the lunchroom, formerly our kitchen, um, we can talk about different things. And so, and he's just been a great um, source of support and encouragement um, because it, it can get to be lonely at the top. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> it's so that the buck stops here. <laughs> so, yeah. All right. So um, could each of you share uh, some personal qualities that you feel are essential for success in business? Motivation is number one. You have to be motivated to do things on your own and be willing to ask for help. I talk to people all the time that want to start a business. And I first question I ask them is, do you like doing things for people when people are telling you what to do and then following through? Or are you the kind of person that likes to just go ahead and do it without having to ask? And if you are just are willing to motivate yourself every morning to get up and do your job. You don't think you have to sleep till noon and then get up and do the work <laughs> um, because you have to have a schedule. You have to put in the time. And if you just want to put an hour in here or there, you're not going to be successful. And that's, I think, number one. So being a self-starter and, you know, self-motivator is really important. Definitely. Yeah. Um, from my perspective, you, um, and I agree with everything Artis has said, um, I think it's, there are times you definitely got to swallow your pride, um, get the support you need. Um, I feel very strongly that people need to be organized, detail-oriented, um, and if you make a mistake, own it, make amends, repair it, do whatever you do, need to do to make it right, and move on and learn from it. Um, that's one thing I've tried to do along the way is learning from my mistakes and being a good listener, um, for me is especially important because a lot of times my folks, um, they're not interested in talking with somebody on an anonymous toll free number to order a product that they're not even sure exists, but I get those relationships with people and, um, it, um, it's, it's very satisfying and, and, um, and they know I'm here for them and, um, so I think just friendly and, and uh, it, I think it helps to be an extrovert, but that's because I'm an extrovert. <laughs> mm -hmm. Well, yeah, I mean, I, I suspect that, that um, it's particularly helpful and supportive to people who are losing their sight or family members who just don't know which phone or which gadget to buy for grandma that Absolutely. is someone like you, you know. Right, right. And I, and I make referrals to, you know, to the Department for the Blind here in town, um, depending on what they're doing. And I tell them about our uh, statewide radio reading information service. And I tell them about um, the, all the great things that can come to them if they be, um, become a member of the NLS system. Yeah. Um, so I, I am, um, I love giving information um, as well as selling products and helping people, but I, I love informing them um, when they really don't know where to turn. Leslie? I think definitely, definitely having the motivation, 
like they like artists and Norma has said have said the motivation really really drives you having the drive um, you know having that business plan and and finance finances and the relationships you know it all it all comes together when you when you're your own business owner your own entrepreneur because you have to know a lot to go into business you know it's 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 your business so it's your baby have the expertise and the knowledge and always study up because things are always changing in this world so um, you know that's what I think you also need to have a passion for what you're doing if you're doing something by rote or just because you think it would be a good thing to do you're not mm-hmm. going to be as good at it as if you have a passion for it. Mm-hmm. And I agree yeah, with yeah. Les- Leslie on the ongoing training. I constantly am taking CEUs and going to classes and listening to different uh, speakers online because the more you know, the more you can help people. And being, having a helpful nature and being able to help people is also a very good in when you're having a business. If people see you as willing to uh, talk to them, give them assistance. You know, a lot of times it's giver's gain. That's true, artists. The more, the more you know, the, the, the more valuable you are, I believe. <laughs> I think ingenuity, too. Um, I think um, being able to come up with creative solutions to things that might pop up in your business. And, um, you know, when we run into a website or something where um, our assistive technology is not serving us, serving us as well. You know, we kind of have to work through some of these things. And I think that's where persons who are blind or have low vision have um, an advantage, perhaps, um, because we're used to that. That's what our lives are about, are doing things a different way than, than what most people do. Mm. Um, so the ingenuity, to me, I think, is also a, a major characteristic. Yeah. I think one of the major... Uh, themes that has come out in, in the whole job search arena these days is selling ourselves as people who are by nature able to think outside the box. Yeah. And, and you know, mm-hmm. employers yeah. are looking for that. People uh, hiring business people are looking for it as well. And we're darn good at that. We just have to get up every morning and do it. So um, those are the extent of the questions that I had prepared. And what I thought we could do for for some of the rest of the time is talk to our audience and treat it a little bit like a clinic. Um, If somebody's got a business going or they've got an idea for starting a business or whatever, and they'd like to ask uh, a question for um, any of our panelists, about how to proceed with that, it would be great to hear from you. Rhonda, you may unmute. Yes, thank you so much for having um, this discussion. And I just have two questions. Hopefully everyone can just give their input. Um, How did you go about getting the initial funding to start your business, Um, getting the finances? And did you ever think like your blindness was ever an obstacle to getting any kind of loans or whatever you needed? And two, how long did it take before you made a profit? Oh, great question. Profit? What's that? Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. <laughs> Don't be throwing around all these crazy terms, Linda. Yeah. <laughs> um, like, when did you stop eating tuna fish? Wanda, <laughs> <laughs> um, thanks for that question. I'll go ahead and jump in here first um, because my, my story is the shortest. I initially started off um, using my savings, and when I got a handle on how quickly I was going through my savings, then um, I applied for some grant funding from the state of Iowa and um, have been slowly building things that way. But um, yeah, I had no idea that it would cost thousands and thousands of dollars for a website when I first started this. So uh, quickly, I learned that, again, reach out, get support instead of trying to shoulder all the all the load on myself mm-hmm. and, and I'll say we we uh got did our stuff through savings and uh saved up and uh uh my gym was a tanning salon before it became my gym my gym so it was kind of interesting the building was there but we had to do all the build out and everything um which is was pretty costly but um profit uh, that's an interesting one. I think um, I think Dan to this day still says still says it was a hobby for me. So 
I'm not sure if we ever made a profit. <laughs> it was a good, good time for me. <laughs> so um, I got my first um, loan, um, or not loan, my first grant from Opportunities for the Blind. I heard about it from Charlie Crawford at the national office. We were just chatting and I told him I was starting this new business uh, going from, um, I wanted to go from being a Randall Shepard vendor into this business. And so I looked around for different funding. Now, if I would have stayed in Iowa, I could have gotten a grant from the Community Development Center, which is part of SBA. A lot of states have grants for people wanting to start their own business. And Iowa did have a grant that was 10,000. But at that time, I was looking to move to California. So I knew that wouldn't be one I could, could use. So I didn't use that one. But I heard about the opportunities for the blind and I applied for a grant from them and was able to get $7,500, which allowed me to buy my um, braille printer. I had had a Blazy printer, which was much less expensive um, originally. And then I got a, a braille printer and I got um, a new computer because um, my computer was older. And then plus the, that grant also paid for some initial um, uh, marketing stuff for me to do initially. I did have to submit a business plan, which I would have had to do for the other grant too. They always ask for a business plan and you have to have that into place and kind of establish what you're going to need and what you're going to accomplish and, you know, all the details of a, a good business plan. And those are the, what, what I looked into uh, for starting my business. And Linda, that is all the questions you have right now. Oh my goodness. Um, well, Let's see. They know uh, what they're doing. Congratulations. Yeah. <laughs> Either that or they're terribly intimidated. <laughs> yeah. I have one thing I want to caution people. Sure. Don't, don't quit a job to start oh, your own yeah. business. Yeah. Um, stay in the job and start the business on the side. Yeah. And I had kind of done that for quite a while before I shifted, but it still wasn't perfect for me because like I said I moved uh, but if I would have stayed in Iowa I probably would have been able to move this business along much faster because I had a lot wider network there and, and, and same thing artist same thing sorry same thing with me I stayed at one of my gyms until my gym was built out almost not all the way but but kind of you know when I had to start picking things out and equipment then I left because I knew it was we were going to open my own facility so I, I hope I totally agree with you. Don't don't leave your business, your work before you start your own business. You do have a question, Linda. Okay. Area code three one seven, ending in three one seven. You may unmute. Uh, can you hear me? Yes, we can. Okay. Uh, this is Pat. Um, my business right now is finance, but I have a question about the grants. If you had obtained the op the grant for the opportunity grant. Would, would you have qualified for the SBA loan and also for uh, any assistance from blind services in terms of starting a business? You answered my questions about business plans, and thank you very much. I'm not sure, since I didn't try for two at the same time. I do know that California also had the Community Development Grant, and I probably could have gone after that. But since I got the other grant, I didn't try for another grant. Um, but you can get loans as well. And I always urge people to go to your community development center because they can work with you on helping you find both grants and loans that you might qualify to get. They aren't easy to get. I mean, a lot of them have a lot of uh, things you have to fill out and do. So it depends on how confident you are in being able to do it. And I think probably um, because of the pandemic and people kind of being forced to stay at home and a lot of people losing their jobs, I would say there's probably more competition for those grants and loans, wouldn't you say, artists? I think so, yes, yes. Now, if you've really, if you had already established a business and had a downturn, there are a lot of um, yeah, grants and loans out there. out there right now. Yeah. Uh, so, 
uh, think about that. If you've lost money on your business, uh, really look into that because there's quite a lot of those available, both locally and uh, nationwide. That's true. Yeah. Well, I'll throw out another question. Uh, I'm wondering, since I'm, I'm kind of a book person, I always want to find how to do whatever it is. Are there any in readings that you found essential that were most helpful for you in um, learning about things, either at the beginning or as you went along, or that that uh, that you go back to again and again to check out? So I always, and I still do this. I go to fitness magazines. I I go to to other sites. Sometimes I'll go to people's classes when we could go. Um, if I'm out of town, I'll take, I'll take classes out of town and, and steal people's ideas. If they're mm. not doing them yet, um, it's a good way to learn new ideas. I also take, um, like artists are saying, I have to get my CEUs every two years to keep my licenses up um, with my fitness and personal training. So I go to a big convention and it's, it's, it's amazing. It's, it's workout on crack is what it is. So you're working <laughs> a.m. to 7 p.m. So <laughs> that's why I say that, you know. Yeah, I, I imagine you find a lot of um, ideas for how to adapt things for people with vision impairment at some of the quote-unquote You do, regular you do. Work, yeah. yeah. So yeah. I think you're always learning. So that that's what I do. And I just try and keep doing that so that I always make it more challenging and, and step up the game. So mm-hmm. yeah, I go to a lot of um, regional conferences and national conferences you know, I do all the training that I can do. I've been a little bit, of, I had a little frustration with some online learning. I know sometimes they use third party people to do their some of theirs and some of those aren't totally accessible. So if they have a test at the end, I've not always been able to do the test because they've wanted you to match things or uh, drag and drop and do some of that kind of stuff which I cannot do. And then I found some that weren't properly labeled uh, to get to the right video to watch. So some of that's a little frustrating, but then I just uh, go to the next one. And the other thing I really find helpful is doing a web search, whether you use Dogpile or Google or whatever you use, just search for something. And there is so much on the web. And if you have a question about something, you're liable to find a thousand answers um, for the question. And not all of them are gonna be what you want, but you'll, you'll find uh, what you're looking for pretty much on the web. Yeah, that's what I did a lot of was um, using a search engine. And I'm, uh, I'm very picky about sources. I really, um, look to see if it's a source that that I recognize. So I've learned a lot from um, the website for Entrepreneur Magazine and um, the state of Iowa has all kinds of things about how to start a business in the state of Iowa regarding taxes and things like that. And um, I also, um, a long time, I'm a long time Bookshare member and um, being able to download immediately uh, books regarding QuickBooks uh, QuickBooks Online for Dummies um, mm. has been a great help to me, um, especially when I, I wasn't well enough to be on the computer, but I could certainly, um, you know, load a book on my stream and, and um, be uh, learning that way. You're never too old to learn. No. That's true. Oh my gosh, that is so true. That's, That's true. very true, but boy, I've had my doubts sometimes. But <laughs> like every day. <laughs> well, that raises another interesting question that we didn't get to: is that how do you handle the accounting, and do you have you have an accountant that you use, or do you try to do your taxes all yourselves, or what has that experience been like for you guys? I do all my own accounting. I use Excel and Word for all of my um, bookkeeping, keeping track of things. The um, tax program I use is taxact.com and they're actually based in Cedar Rapids, Iowa. Uh, And they are um, 
pretty accessible. Every once in a while, there's something on there that I have a question about, but I always pay for the package where I can call them if I have an issue. Um, it's a little more expensive, but then I don't have to worry about not being able to do it. And sometimes I ask my husband, but mm -hmm. I, right. I prefer to do it myself. <laughs> you know. But uh, he, he works for the IRS, but I'm the one who does the taxes. So yeah, there <laughs> <Right>. you go. <laughs> <laughs> but he's in a different area, so you know, not that area. So. Yeah. <laughs> well, for Life Tech Iowa, um, me being the, uh, as we say, sometimes the chief cook and bottle washer. Um, again, I'll mention QuickBooks. Um, it's an incredibly powerful program. Um, the accessibility is quite good. It's an Intuit product. And um, thanks to artists, um, she connected me with um, one of the, the heads or the head of the global accessibility at Intuit, um, who's been very helpful. And I actually have had the opportunity to spend an hour with um, that gentleman and some of their engineers explaining when I had um, an accessibility problem. Um, with a, a part of the site. Um, but the more I learn about QuickBooks online, the more I love it. Um, it's easy to keep track of my customers, to send invoices. Uh, they can pay me from email links. Um, it's, um, it's, it's quite robust and I'm, I'm, I'm learning as I go, but um, it's already saving me a, a good amount of time and frustration. That's great. We, we had an accountant when we had the gym, but I also had to do the sales tax, which was interesting. So I learned, I learned how to do sales tax and <laughs> pay it to Tallahassee and <laughs> which was interesting for me, but we did have an accountant to help out with other things because we had different things going on selling, you know, with the gym. Right. Yeah. Oh, oh, that reminds me, uh, I forgot to mention, uh, if you want to take credit cards, you know, you have to have a payment system. And originally, my first payment system I used was Verizon, but there they charged you $35 a month, even if you didn't have any charges. Ooh. And mm -hmm. so I quickly found out that that wasn't going to be a good thing. So I went to PayPal, which is actually free to sign up for. So the only thing you're paying is they do take out 3% of everything, you know, that's paid to you, but it's worth it because, you know, you only have to pay for when you actually use it and they do have an invoice system on there where you can invoice your customers too from paypal now it's a little bit tricky um, for accessibility because uh, sometimes i'm not sure um, you know where to point it in there so i generally um, ask kevin to check and make sure that you know things are correct but um, that's another way to do invoicing too so I started using PayPal too, but then when I signed up with QuickBooks um, and I use QuickBook payment, QuickBooks payments, and so it's all within that QuickBooks system now, and it's $25 a month, um, but it, it does a lot. And um, for me, $25 a month is worth my sanity, definitely. There you go. <laughs> sanity is priceless. No one. <laughs> You're absolutely right. <laughs> All right. So, Sheila, thank you. We have another question. Yes, Carla, you may unmute. Uh, hello. Hello. And you folks are doing a great job here. Um, I'm a business owner. Um, I'm Carla Hayes from McMurray, Pennsylvania, and I own a language school. <laughs> you know, it's, it's called Language Learn Communications, but it's essentially a language school, um, you know, because I teach and translate foreign languages and develop um, um, learning, learning um, materials. But my question is, um, and I can give you an example if you don't understand what I'm after here, is um, has um, society or um, different um, trends or things that are happening caused you to remake your business in any way or to change what you really started out for doing, you know, but that you were going to do at the beginning? I, I know as an example, um, when I first started my business, it was primarily corporate work. I had a lot of um, corporate classes that I taught, technical translating uh, contracts for corporations and, and people sending 
me students from their court for corporations that were going to study in different countries to learn languages or to learn ESL. But then long about, uh, well, you all know what happened on January 11, 2001, a lot of the, the, um, the work of, of um, foreign languages and translating and instruction moved in-house for a lot of corporations and they stopped hiring subcontractor businesses, which is basically what I am. But meanwhile, homeschooling picked up. So I started doing classes for homeschooling. And although I still do corporate work, um, homeschooling seems to be one of the number one services that I provide. And it was a change in society. It wasn't something that I thought was going to happen. And I wonder if any of you have had that experience as business owners. I did. Um, In fact, I mentioned that briefly earlier, I started out just speaking and doing some consulting and then found out. <clears throat> that people really wanted more intensive uh, coaching. And so that's why I added the business coaching. And then writing too, originally, I was just working with people, um, giving them hints on writing. And then later I found out a lot of people just don't even want to write. So I started writing for them. And anything from copy for websites, copy for brochures, copy for writing an article for a, a publication in their genre or just checking out their writing they'd send me an article they wrote and had a hey can you check this to make sure it sounds good and and looks correct so um, so I definitely have added things as customers have indicated that you know they needed help in certain areas and then as new companies come up and, and need a different assistance I mean one of my clients I just I started in 2011. So that was 10 years after I'd started my business. So I think in order to keep our business relevant, we not constantly need to look at changes and what we could improve or add. And I think also, Carla, um, with my fitness journey, it's always kind of changing because as baby boomers, you know, you get baby boomers and they're, they're getting, they're aging. You always have to change what they can do. They want more, uh, you know, more weight, weightlifting for bone density, keep their bones strong, you know, and then you might get the whippersnapper that you've got to, you know, increase the intensity. So you're always changing. I think, I think you're always challenging yourself to, to try and uh, do different things with, with your, with your business. No, Carla, my original intent with Life Tech Iowa was to be um, out of the office, um, going in and meeting people where they were at, uh, you know, senior meal sites and, and assisted living retirement communities, those kinds of places. Well, of course we know all what happened over a year ago. So I kind of had to, uh, set those things aside and, and do a, a minor pivot. Um, but, uh, I certainly, um, I being the extroverted, I extrovert that I am, and I love talking with people and meeting them face to face. Um, I certainly didn't start this business with the intent of, of being uh, in my home office most of the time. So I am looking forward <laughs> to getting, getting out again. Um, but uh, the clientele that I target toward, primarily the seniors, um, uh, you know, that's, that's still kind of an up in the air thing regarding safety and protocol and that kind of thing. But uh, I just really like to be out meeting people rather than being here in the office. <laughs> <laughs> you have one more question, Kate. You may unmute. Well, first of all, I wanted to say it's a wonderful presentation. I love the questions and all of the answers. And I don't have a question. I wanted to make a few comments. So if there is anyone with a question, I'll bow out. So no, you're you're good. In fact, okay. we're, all, we're almost out of time. And Linda I know, I know, I, I realize you, that. So, so um, I um. Your discussion on so many levels brought back so many memories because we used to have a restaurant on Martha's Vineyard for 19 years. It was a seasonal restaurant and I did the baking and there was a ton of, and oh my word, it's just, so you're talking about all the um, ups and downs and and qualities needed and all of that brought back all of that. Um, And then Leslie, I loved your comments about your gym and the location of it, because probably almost 30 years ago now, I met, um, there was a man in Arlington who had a gym and his brother had a donut shop. 
And I, <laughs> I know, that's great. We used to say that they had it made that either people went into the donut shop first and then felt they had to burn off the cash gym or went to the gym first and felt that they could go into the donut shop to yeah. <laughs> you could do it either way you know either yeah. way whatever you, <laughs> so you, you, you know you but could Larry, go yeah but larry kept telling me that i should join the gym and i thought yeah. he is out of his mind there's no way that i as a totally blind person can navigate a gym so mm-hmm. but then i had friends who were running and um they were part of a town day um celebration and they ran at a silent auction and I thought I'm going to bid on the gym and I thought I'll never win it um and but I did win it and that was in the probably early 90s and I've been going there with maybe one or two hiatuses I've been going there ever since and I've gone through four changes of equipment you know when the equipment was all rearranged right after the pandemic and I actually asked Larry once because I had to interview someone who wouldn't to see if they'd ever met a blind person. It was part of when I got my TBI degree and um, we had to interview someone who maybe had never met a blind person until, um, you know, he met whomever. And so he said that I was the first blind person he had ever known. And I said, how did you ever imagine that I could find my way around a gym that you could show? And he said, because it's symmetrical. It's as simple as symmetrical and everything lines up. And I still tell him to this day that he could be an O&M instructor in his next life. Because he is- There you go. Yeah. Absolutely. It does, everything does line up. The treadmills line up, the ellipticals. It's great. Yeah. Yeah. I'm very proud of you. Awesome. Linda, you don't forget to um, give the final code. Okay. Well, first of all, I want to thank my very best friend on the planet who just made the last call. And um, she, uh, she was into plants, but thank you, Kate, for calling <laughs> in and for listening. <laughs> um, anyway, um, I have the final code for Kate and anybody else who's collecting them. Um, 26268 is the final code. And I want to thank um, the ladies who agreed to present today. I mean, I know I still learned a good deal and um, I'm glad to see the, the enthusiasm you bring to your work. And, and um, just, uh, Leslie, I really am going to start coming to yoga again. I hope <laughs> to see you. I hope to see you. <laughs> and, I've been getting on uh, my exercise bikes on Saturday night. so um so thanks everyone for tuning in and and before too long we'll be having our banquet i'm sure everyone's pretty excited about that thank you sheila thank you tyson thank you acb you are very welcome thank you thank you thank you thank you